to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. When you have it, say amen. You excited? Awesome. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. And it says, And he spake unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you help me to minister this message, tailor it, make it specific and intimate to every individual under the sound of my voice. Empower, enable, and strengthen me to deliver this message as you have delivered it to me. Lord, I take no ownership or authorship or credit because I know that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give the Lord some praise as you're seated. Today we are going to continue and conclude the sermon series that we've been on for the last three weeks entitled Persistence. Specifically, I want to preach to you today from the subject, Why Persistence? I want to talk to you about why persistence is so important, so vital, so essential if you're going to realize your potential, fulfill your purpose and carry out God's plan for your life. I want you to know that no matter how anointed, no matter how educated, no matter how equipped you are, you will never reach the heights to which you have been appointed. You will never obtain your destination without persistence. We are shown that in Luke chapter 18. Jesus specifically sets out to address persistent prayer. But in doing so, he shares with us the value of persistence in general. In this parable, there is a woman whose husband has passed away. She has likely lost all of her income And now there is probably men of influence coming in to try and take everything that her late husband had left her. This woman goes to the judge, the one person that is appointed to defend and protect her, the one person that could make a difference in her situation and in her circumstance, but he doesn't. This judge is said not to have feared God nor man. And when the widow pleads her case, the judge rejects her. 
And what we're going to see today in this sermon series is that her persistence in this seemingly hopeless situation changed everything and actually rewrote the conclusion of her story. I want to stop right there and just tell somebody who feels like you're in a hopeless situation, who feels like nothing is improving, who feels like nothing is any different than it was before. If you are persistent, you can rewrite the conclusion of your story. Where you are is not where you're going to stay. And if you won't give up, you're going to see the glory of God in your situation and circumstance. Do you believe that? So I want to preach from the subject, why persistence? But ironically enough, I want to begin this message not by defining uh, persistence, but by defining insanity. Some have said that insanity is doing the same things but expecting different results. How many of you have ever heard that? If you're doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, you may be insane. Or you may be persistent. See, I agree that sometimes we need to change it up We need to adapt. We need to try a different approach. But then there are also times in our life where we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do and we just need to be persistent enough to keep doing it until God moves and brings about the desired result. The widow in our passage of scripture did the exact same thing over and over and over again. And each time she did it, she expected a different result than the last time. But she wasn't insane. She was persistent. As I've told you in the previous two weeks, persistence is defined as a continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, obstacles, failure, or loss. I want you to know that persistence is a decision. It's not a special trait that only a few people have. It's not a gift that only a select minority receive. It is a decision that anyone and everyone can make. You can make the decision to be persistent regardless of the obstacles, the odds, or the statistics. You can make the decision to be persistent even though there's no signs of progress or change or difference. You can make the decision not to give up and to continue on and trust that the Lord is going to move for you. Which is what the widow did. She made the decision to be persistent. Even though she had just suffered a great loss, even though she had just experienced great tragedy, even though her world had been turned upside down, when most people would have collapsed and crumbled, she decided to be persistent. Even though she had lost her husband, her primary source of income, even though her adversary was preying upon her, even though the judge refused to rule in her favor, when most people would have said, God, you're not looking out for me, you're not watching over me, you're not helping me, I quit. The widow made the decision to be persistent. 
She knew that she didn't have the influence or the clout or the power to change her situation. So she decided to be persistent until a change occurred. She knew that she didn't have the influence or power to force the judge to rule in her favor. So she decided to be persistent. She decided to keep trying, to keep pushing, to keep pressing. What I'm telling you is that when you don't have the strength or the power to change your situation, be persistent because there is power in persistence. There is earth-moving, life-changing, victorious power in persistence. One man said persistence prevails when all else fails. I've experienced this personally in my life. When I first began my faith walk, I was having a difficult time overcoming some things. I was having a difficult time laying some things to the side. And many church people had convinced me that once you were saved, your flesh was supposed to die and you were supposed to float everywhere on a cloud that you were no longer supposed to be attracted to anything on this earth. And so I thought something was wrong with me because there was a major section of me that still was attracted to certain things that church people don't want to talk about. But one morning, I really had a change of mind. I woke up and I decided that I was going to be a man of God. No matter how many times I stumbled, no matter how many times I fell short, no matter how many times I missed the mark, I decided that I wasn't going to sit around for weeks at a time and feel sorry for myself. I decided that I wasn't going to condemn myself to hell. I decided that when I fell down, I was going to get up, repent, dust myself off, and continue on. I was going to show up for church anyway. I was going to worship anyway. I was going to praise anyway. And when I made the decision to be persistent, it didn't happen immediately. But that's when I began to overcome some of the obstacles that the enemy had placed in my path. It wasn't until I decided to be persistent that I was able to rise above some of those obstacles. So what I want to do today is just give you three reasons why you need to be persistent. Number one, you need to be persistent because the right thing won't always work right the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time. There are going to be seasons in your life where you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're fulfilling the purpose you're meant to fulfill. You're operating in your chosen calling but you're not getting the desired result. The outcome is not what it's supposed to be. And I don't claim to know why it is that way, but there is something that God does in the struggle that enables us to soar to heights that we were never able to reach before. I read a story about the Krakopia moth. There was a man who was watching that moth try to break free from its cocoon. And this is a very exhausting process for the moth. It actually almost kills the moth. So the man wanting to relieve the moth struggle cut the tip of the cocoon 
to make it easier for the moth to break free. After just a moment, the moth emerged from the cocoon, but it fell immediately to the ground. Its wings were crippled and cramped. When it should have been able to fly, it was crawling on the ground. And what the man didn't realize about this moth is that the struggle is necessary for it to be able to soar. If it doesn't struggle to break free from its cocoons, its wings are not strengthened. The fluid in its body isn't pressed toward the tips of its wings. And so when the man relieved it of its struggle, he doomed it to walk on the ground for the rest of its life. When the man relieved it of its struggle, he did so at the cost of it being able to soar to new heights. And I know you've prayed. God get me out of this God remove me from this God intervene God change everything and if the struggle wasn't doing something in your life then God would have relieved you by now but when he leaves it alone it's because he knows that the struggle you are in right now is producing the strength that you're going to need to soar to heights that you never thought possible I know you hate it. I know you've rebuked it. I know you've declared and proclaimed that the struggle is over and it continues. I know you'd do about anything to get out of it, but you have no idea how much your struggle is preparing you for what God has next in your life. I'm encouraged to find out that almost every barren woman in the Bible who gave birth to a child, gave birth to a great man or woman of God. There was something in their struggle with barrenness that cultivated the strength they would need to raise men and women of God who would ultimately change their community, their nation, and their world. I don't know how he does it, but there's something in the struggle that enables us to soar. So you need to be able to encounter loss, failure, defeat without giving up. You need to be able to encounter defeats without being defeated. Which is what the woman in Luke chapter 18 did. She encountered one defeat after another after another, but she was never defeated. It didn't work out for her the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time, but she stayed persistent. Can you stay persistent when you're struggling? Can you stay persistent when the right thing, the thing you're supposed to do and called to do, doesn't really produce the results that you expected? Let me give you a list of people who were doing the right thing, but who had great struggle before they ever were able to succeed. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team and told he wasn't any good. He could have thrown in the towel and quit, but he persisted and went on to become the greatest basketball player of all time. Yes, better than Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Okay. Colonel Sanders, anybody heard of him? Turned down a thousand and nine times 
when he was looking for business partners to help him sell his fried chicken to the masses. A thousand and nine people looked at him and said, this won't work. It's not good enough. You don't have anything there. You need to just give it up. It took him to the age of 62 to open his first KFC. When most people were retiring, he was starting a new business. And at the age of 73, he sold KFC for $2 million, $15.2 million in today's money. Walt Disney was fired by a news editor because he lacked imagination. His first animation company went bankrupt and he was turned down 302 times before he got financing for creating Disney World. Albert Einstein didn't speak until he was four and didn't read until he was seven. His teachers thought he was mentally handicapped. He went on to win the Nobel Prize. Vincent Van Gogh only sold one painting his entire lifetime. Despite that, he kept painting and finished over 800 pieces. Now everyone wants to buy his work. His most expensive painting, brace yourself, is valued at $142.7 million. Thomas Edison's teachers said he was too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. He failed a thousand times at trying to invent the light bulb. He went on to create over a thousand inventions, many of which we still use today. What I want you to see in this list is that these people were doing what they were gifted and called and chosen to do. But they suffered great loss, great setback, and great failure along the way. But there was something in the struggle that enabled them to soar to levels and causes us to still talk about them today. The right thing won't always work right the first time. Are you called to pastor? It's going to be a bumpy road. Are you called to minister? It's going to be a bumpy road. Are you called to an outreach? It's going to be a bumpy road. Don't expect it to be easy just because God told you to do it. The right thing won't always work right the first time, which is why you need to be persistent enough to keep trying until you succeed. Don't give up. Don't turn loose. And don't regress. If God told you that you you should do it. If God sets you out to do it, you can believe that at some point you're going to get the result that God has shown you. You're going to get the outcome that God has revealed to you. So the first reason you need to be persistent is because the right thing doesn't always work right the first time. The second reason you need to be persistent is because there won't always be measurable progress. You know something? This widow did not see any progress throughout this entire process. The judge's no on the 30th day was exactly like his no on the first day. She didn't see any sign of change until everything had changed. Some of you are discouraged because you don't see anything around you that says things are getting better. You don't see anything around you that says things are improving. Sometimes God doesn't do it little by little. He withholds his blessings until the appointed time and then he opens up a window of heaven and pours out more in one moment than you even have room to contain. 
So you got to stay motivated when you can't see any progress. And I think sometimes our motivation is too dependent upon measurable progress. Josh, come up here. Go over there. Everybody say hey to Josh. Walk slowly. If Josh is trying to reach the other side of the stage, with each step he takes, he can see the progress that he's making. And that motivates him to keep going. This is the way we want God to do things in our life. We want to see each time we do something good that we're getting a little closer. Each time we obey, we're getting a little closer. Each time we worship, we're getting a little closer. Each time we study, we're getting a little closer. But a better analogy of our faith walk, come here Josh, would be if Josh was blindfolded. Now, I want you to walk over there. Don't fall off the stage because I'm going to let you fall if you do. Put it on. A better analogy of our faith walk would be if Josh is blindfolded. Now, as he takes small steps, he takes them in a more hesitant, a hesitant manner. He's not sure about the progress that he's making. He's not sure how close he is or how far away he is, which makes it difficult to stay motivated. He's walking very gingerly because he doesn't know if he's really moving in the right direction. He doesn't know if he is still doing what he's supposed to be doing. So he's walking really slowly, trying not to run up against anything. But, but the fact of the matter is, I stopped you. I stopped you. The fact of the matter is, all he can do is continue to put forth the effort and believe that one day God is going to bless him and his efforts are going to pay off. See, it takes faith to be persistent. It takes faith in what God has said, in his promises, in the vision that he has shown you to be persistent. David said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, the only reason I kept going, the only reason I kept moving forward, the only reason that I kept pressing, it wasn't because I seen progress. It wasn't because I felt like I was getting close. It's because I believed what God had said. I believed I believed his promise. I believed in his vision. I believed that he would be faithful. I believed that he would do what he said he would do. Sometimes we have to be persistent because we won't be able to see any progress. Give Josh a hand clap. Go ahead, sit down. God told Noah to build an ark in the middle of a desert because it was going to rain. Thing is, it had never rained before. Noah probably wasn't even sure what rain was. So God tells Noah to build a boat in the middle of the desert because it was going to rain and this flood was going to destroy every living thing on the face of the earth. Noah sets out to do what God told him to do. Eighty years it took Noah to build the ark. During that time, there wasn't one single drop of rain. There wasn't any sign or evidence that what God said was going to come to pass until it actually came to pass. 
Sometimes that's what happens in our life. There's no sign or evidence that what God has said is going to come to pass and then seemingly out of nowhere what God said comes to pass in our life. So can you stay persistent when you don't see any progress? Can you stay persistent when you're working on your marriage and you don't see any progress? Can you stay persistent when you're believing God for a healing but you don't see any progress? Can you stay persistent when you're developing your gift but you don't see any progress? Can you stay persistent when you're expecting God to move but you don't see any progress? Can you stay persistent when you're anticipating a change but you don't see any progress? The children of Israel walked around the walls of Jericho six times and they didn't see any change. The, the walls look just as formidable the sixth time around as they did the first time around. They didn't see any change until that moment when God intervened and everything changed. See, God told me to tell somebody here today that just because things have not changed in this moment doesn't mean they're going to stay the same. The enemy is whispering in your ear telling you that it's never going to get any better, that it's never going to improve, that God's never going to answer your prayers, that you're never going to have the desires of your heart. But literally, God sent me here today to tell somebody that just because you haven't seen any change doesn't mean things are going to stay the same. Just because you can't see progress doesn't mean that you're not making progress. I know it takes a lot of faith, but you're going to have to close your eyes and keep putting one foot in front of the other believing I'm getting closer to something believing that God is going to come through believing that God is going to show up when we started this ministry I had to do that first 8 to 10 months we couldn't get nobody to come to church we had 7 people and I would literally go 20 minutes at a time while I was preaching I'd close my eyes and I wasn't closing my eyes because I was trying to be spiritual. I was closing my eyes because I was sick of looking at the same faces. I was sick of looking at all those empty seats. I was sick of trying to convince myself that there was more people in the building than there actually was. And so I closed my eyes and I told the Lord, all I can do is put forth the effort unless you bless it. Unless you cause it to prosper, I'll never get anything done. Did you know the Bible says, except the Lord builds the house. They that labor... Notice that it doesn't say, except the Lord help the builders build the house. No, we are so dependent on God that if he doesn't do it through us, it won't get done. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Which brings me to my next point. You need to be persistent because your time is coming. Your time is coming. And I know some of you have been expecting something for a long time. I know some of you have been praying for an answer for a long time. I know some of you have been looking for healing for a long time. Some of you have been seeking a breakthrough for a long time and I'm so glad to be able to tell you on January 26, 2020 that your time is coming. I know the enemy tried to convince you that God forgot about you. I know the enemy tried to convince you that it wasn't for you. That God wasn't going to do what you thought he was going to do but the Lord has anointed me to be able to tell you your time is coming look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 it says I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong 
nor yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. See, you got to be persistent because what that means is that persistence and only persistence positions you in the right place at the right time. God is going to demonstrate his glory in your life. Our theme this year is see his glory. And I believe with every fiber of my being that we are going to see his glory. But if we're going to experience his glory, we got to be positioned in the right place at the right time. In the book of Exodus, when Moses cried out to God, show me your glory. God said, I'll show you my glory, but i got to position you in a certain place at a certain time for you to be able to experience it. God told Moses, I've got to position you on the rock at a certain time for you to be able to experience my glory. See, God is going to demonstrate his glory through your life, but you have to continue to move forward until your efforts align with his timing. Your effort is not enough. Your effort alone is not enough. Your effort has to align with God's timing if you are going to fulfill your purpose. So the only way that your effort will ever align with God's timing is that if you continuously supply the effort because you don't know when God's going to do it. For some of you it may be today. For some of you, it may be tomorrow. For some of you, it may be six, six months down the road. You don't know when God's going to move. So all you can do is continually supply the effort until your effort aligns with God's timing and His glory is demonstrated in your life. So you got to be persistent because the right thing doesn't always work right because you don't always see progress and because being persistent Positions you in the right place at the right time. Come on up to the music. For the last three weeks, we've been talking about persistence. But sadly, for some of you, persistence is not the answer. If you're here today and you're lost, trying harder, it's not the answer. Taking extra steps is not the answer. Willpower is not the answer. Refusing to give up is, is not the answer. You got to realize how utterly hopeless you are without Jesus Christ. You are drowning right now in an ocean of sin and you can't swim. And no matter how much you flail your arms and your legs, no matter how much effort you put forth, if you don't surrender to your Savior, you're going to drown. There's no hope outside of Jesus. So what I'm asking you to do today if you're lost is not be persistent, but surrender. I can't do it by myself. you know that Jesus said without me you can do nothing there's obstacles in front of you there's barriers there's battles there's struggles and you don't stand a chance 
without Jesus. So right now, he's extending an invitation to you. You've tried everything else. You've worked on it. You've tried willpower. You've tried plans and programs and nothing has worked. You need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus and let him make you a new creature. Let him give you a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning. Today can be the first day of the rest of your life. You can walk out of here a new person. You can walk out of here with a new future, a new destiny. But you can't do it unless you walk out of here with Jesus in your heart. So if you're lost, I want you to come to this altar and confess your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and receive the sacrifice that he has made on your behalf. This is the most important moment of your life. If you're here today and you're saved, I know how hard it is to stay persistent when it feels like God's not answering your prayer. When it feels like God is not interested in moving on your behalf. When it feels like everything that could stand in your way is standing in your way. I understand how grueling it is to have such a desire to do something. But every time you try to do it, it doesn't work out the way that it was supposed to work out. But in spite of all that, you got to stay persistent. Some of you are called and chosen to do great things, but you'll never reach your destination unless you're persistent enough to keep doing the right thing until you get the right result. Some of you are going to go far, but you're not going to be able to go far unless you're persistent enough to continue when you don't see any progress. When nobody is saying how good of a job you did, when nobody's supporting you, when nobody's encouraging you, when the doors of opportunity are not opening. Some of you are going to see God's glory, but you're only going to see it if you're persistent enough to keep going until your efforts align with God's timing. So as we close out this sermon series today, all I really want to say to you is don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on what God has said, what God has declared, what God has shown you. Sarah was 90 before God's word came to pass in her life. Abraham was 100. Don't ever turn loose. If you got to go with tears in your eyes, go with tears in your eyes. If you got to go hurting and heartbroken, Go hurting and heartbroken, but don't give up because God will be faithful over your life. So if you're lost, come. If you're saved, come. Ask the Lord to save you if you're lost. Ask the Lord for the gift of persistence if you're saved. Ask the Lord to help you make the decision to be persistent. Those of you who can pray, I want to welcome you to pray for people to pray with people. We're a family here. Nobody should have to pray alone. 
If you ain't got nothing to say, just put your hand on somebody's back and let them know that what they're going through, they're not going through it alone. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more great messages, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music and leave us a rating and review while you're there. For more information, please visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash redemptionky.